If you gave a penny for beans, you'll be blessed. The Bible says that you don't even give a cup of cold water to someone and not receive a reward. But I'm telling you something, when you gave to see those smiling faces, to see people blessed, you made that happen. And thank you. Father, we just love you today. We thank you that you are always with us. I thank you for the mountains. I thank you for the times in our life when we're on top of the world. But Lord, I also want to say thank you that when we're in the valley, when we're low, when times are hard, when maybe we don't have a bean in the house, but I thank you because you are always with us. You hear our prayer and you are a God that answers. I pray today that you would open our heart to hear, to receive, and that you would allow your presence to feel the hearts of our people. And we call them blessed today in Jesus' name. And everybody said a big amen. amen. Turn in your Bibles this morning to the book of uh, 1 Kings, uh, chapter number 20. And we're just going to talk about a little story this morning. And I want to encourage you. Everybody say encourage. Amen. I want to encourage you today. You're going to go through trouble. Isn't that encouraging? Come on, Pastor. Preach something positive to me. Tell me I'm going to be blessed and a bed of roses and I'm never going to go through anything. But that would be a lie. Life is hard. But life's harder when you're stupid. There's a man, he was passing the insane asylum down in Russ, Texas, and he was, and all of a sudden his truck started wobbling, and he stopped, and he looked, all of his lug nuts, except one, was off the tire. He thought, what in the world am I going to do? And he was contemplating, he was trying to figure it out, he said, I can't make it to the, you know, the, the tire shop with only one lug nut, and suddenly a guy from inside the fence said, excuse me, are you having trouble? He said, yes, I've lost all the lug nuts uh, off of my tire except for one, and I don't know what to do. And the guy said, well, it's simple. You just take one from each of the others and put on that one, and then you can make it to where you're going. He said, that's genius. He said, are, are, are you a doctor uh, here at this facility? He said, no, I'm a patient. I might be crazy, but I'm not stupid. Life's harder when you're stupid. <laughs> First Kings chapter 20. We're going to read verse 23 and then verse 28. Then the servants of the king of Syria said to him, Their gods are gods of the hills. Therefore, they were stronger than we, but if we fight against them in the plain or the valley, surely we will be stronger than they. Verse 28. Then a man of God came and spoke to the king of Israel, Ahab, and said, Thus says the Lord, Because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not God of the valleys. Therefore, I will deliver all this great multitude into your hand, and you shall know that I am the Lord God. 
God. Can I get an amen? You know, the devil loves to brag and to boast, especially if he can triumph over God, if he can triumph over God's people, if he feels like he can get the best of you, he's all about bragging. But I'm going to tell you something. God is a jealous God. He's jealous of his people, and he is not going to allow the enemy to boast because when the enemy boasts about God being weak or how God can't do something, it just makes God just rubs God the wrong way. And it makes God want to rise up. Amen? Amen. Luke, could you turn me down a little bit out there and maybe up a little? I'm just hearing it from there. Uh, so, uh, listen, it's exciting. Be excited when God or when the devil boasts about defeating you because that makes God want to rise up and fight for you. Ha has anybody ever threatened your child? There ain't nothing scarier than a mama anything. I don't care what it is. Lion, bear, tiger, mouse. I don't care. You threaten their babies and it'll get ugly. Can I tell you this morning when the devil threatens you, it riles God up. Because you are his child. You're the apple of his eye. He loves you. And he is going to come to your rescue. So God is invested in overthrowing all the schemes of the enemy. And so as we look today, amen, how the devil is going to come against you. You're going to have trouble. But it just makes God want to stand up and fight for you. So I want to encourage you today, amen, when the devil tries to come against you, God is not going to allow you to be defeated. Amen? Somebody say, I will not be defeated. Have you ever been in a valley? You know, we, we, we look at valleys. I, we, we love the mountains. We love to go up and look. But, but me and Pastor Marcella was talking today. On the mountaintop, you have a good view but you have no resources. It's just rocky. There's no green grass. There's no water flowing. There's not much vegetation. You get to go and see what's out there. But to really thrive and live, it's on lower elevations. So sometimes don't be so uh, discouraged with the valley. But know that in the valley, there's nourishment, there's supply, there's a river flowing. Amen. There's provision in the valley. But what, what is a valley? So the meaning of the literal meaning is an elongated depression in the earth's surface. An elongated depression in the earth's surface. How many has been there? Say, Pastor, I feel like I'm in an elongated depression in the earth's surface. That's called a valley. We use that term to represent a low spot, a time of trouble, a time of discouragement, a time of disappointment. I'm, I'm in the valley. How are you doing? I, I'm in the valley. Let's talk a little bit about valleys. Number one, Valleys are unavoidable. You see, you can't get from mountain to mountain without going through a valley. Unless you can fly. How many can fly? 
So if you can't fly from mountaintop to mountaintop, you're going to have to go down. You're, you're going to have to go to a lower elevation than you are now. You're going to have to go through some things. Thank God, life's not all valleys, but there are not all mountains. God allows us to go up to the top to see where we're going, to, to view the future, to see what's ahead of us. But then there's times that we've got to walk it out. We've got to go through it. Somebody says, I'm going through it. You see, valleys are unavoidable. They're going to happen. You can count on it. You, you, you're either coming out of one, you're in one, or you're going into one. They're unavoidable. Number two, valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan or time them. They just show up. Have you ever just woken up sad? No reason. We say you woke up on the wrong side of the bed. You know, I know the man, he showed up. He was just really... They said, did you wake up grumpy? He said, no, I let her sleep in. Oh. Listen, you can't... Valleys are unpredictable. You can't plan them or time them. They're unscheduled. They usually come at the worst time. And, and, and they come when you don't have time. I say it all the time. Ain't nobody got time for that. But they just happen. They show up. How, how many has ever had a flat tire at a good time? How, how many has ever ran out of gas at a good time? Now, I've seen it. I've seen people coast into the gas station and up to the pump and stop out of gas. That's a good time. But most of the time, it's when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Huh? Valleys are impartial. Pastor, what are you talking about? No one is immune. No one escaped the problems of life. Everyone has problems. It's not a man problem, a woman problem, an old person problem, a young person problem, a white problem, a black problem, a brown problem. Life is full of valleys for everyone. They're impartial. Doesn't matter if you're good or you're bad. One of the first reactions most of us have is, why me? My question is, why not you? You're no better than me, and I have valleys. I face issues. I face trouble. So why shouldn't you? I was having trouble. My, 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 my wife, she just gets... Angry for no reason. Just asked the doctor. I said, "Doctor, I, I I don't know why my wife lately seems like I don't know if it's her old age or I don't. But she just seems grumpier than normal. What can I do? Here's what he told me, John. This might help you." <laughs> he said, the next time you feel like she's starting to get agitated, whatever, take a drink of cold water and slosh it around in your mouth for a little bit. I tried it. Every time I felt like she's a little aggravated, I take a drink and just, you know, I just, you know, I just, I know it's coming and I just, 
I went back to the doctor. I said, Doc, <laughs> it's amazing. That medicine, it works. I mean, she's, she's just sweet. She's not grumpy. She's not, you know, getting mad at me. And I said, it's a, how in the world does water do that? He said, it's not the water. It's you keeping your mouth shut. Some of you men need to learn that. Jesus said he causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. That he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So valleys are impartial. Valleys, oh come on, I like this one. Somebody ought to shout on this one. Valleys are temporary. They don't last forever. Valleys are like a cave. They're not not a cave. Uh, They're like a tunnel. Come on. You don't just get deeper and deeper and darker and darker. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes, you went into it. Yes, you're going to have to deal with some things. But there's light at the end of the tunnel. Excited in a dark tunnel knowing I was going to get out. And I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Then I realized it was a train. Valleys are temporary. You, you, you just got to keep a cool head. You got to stay alert. You got to know that the devil is poised to pound. He's ready to catch you napping. We got to keep our guard up. We got to be prepared. We've got to be vigilant. Amen. It's the same for people and Christians all over the world. The enemy is out to get us. But if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. Yeah. Valleys have a purpose. God has a reason for taking you through dark valleys. He, he has a reason. But valleys are full of doubt. They're full of despair. They're full of discouragement. They're full of defeat. But God can take what the enemy means for bad and work it for your good. God, amen, allows us to go through some valleys sometime. Amen, to show us, to teach us. Amen, to show us the resources around us. Amen, you'll never know. He said that his strength is made perfect in weakness. But if I'm never weak... He can never be strong. It's in times that we go through these valleys that we truly find God. We find His greatness and His power. First Peter says, In all this rejoice greatly, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Come on. When you go through the valley, it should, it's not to break you. It's to let the glory of the Lord shine through you. What's the difference in us and the world? I mean, the difference is when we go through valleys, we shine. Others break. They fall in despondency. They, they do crazy things. They turn. Listen, we've got to learn that even in the midst of the valley, He's with us. We can smile. We can rejoice. We can be happy. We just have to choose it. Listen, this, we understand that from that verse, He said everybody has problems. Every problem has a purpose. Trials come to shape us. Uh, fire doesn't come to burn us up. It came to refine us. Somebody say, it's making me better making me better. 
And so there's no triumph without a trial. There's no victory without a fight. There's no testimony without a test. So listen, I'm going through something, but I'm coming out, amen, with a testimony. I'm coming out with a shout. I'm coming out with a victory. Can I get an amen? Amen. So faith, everybody say faith, is built in the valleys of life. Our trust of God. Amen. When we go through stuff, it's when we learn to trust Him. I don't understand it, but I trust Him. How do you know you can trust God in difficult times? Unless you go through difficult times. You've got to go through it to learn. There's no triumph without a trial. So, number two. The enemy's plan for the valley is in to intimidate you. It's to distract you. It's ultimately to destroy you. But really what the enemy wants to do is when things are going so well, when you're blessed and you're shouting victory and your pocketbook's full and your kids are acting right and everything is well in your life, the enemy says, you know what? I've got to distract them. I've got to get them off course. They're, 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 just, they're, they're too happy. They're too blessed. And so he tries to bring things into our life to distract us because here's the deal. He can't stop us. He's, he's a defeated foe. Jesus already defeated him. I'm a child of the Most High God. I'm on my way to heaven. So what the enemy tries to do is to distract me from my purpose to try to keep me from telling more people about Jesus. He don't want you distributing beans. One thing Pastor Elias didn't tell you is a lot of the people would ask him, what political party are y'all with? They're so used to being manipulated and, you know, buying your votes and doing everything. Of course, that doesn't happen here, but... Pastor Elias would tell them, we're not with a political party. We're just here to share Jesus. Jesus loves you. And they were just shocked. They would just cry. Because, listen, people need to know when they're in the valley, Jesus loves them. Amen? His plan is to intimidate you. He's a master uh, of hindering and intimidating. And millions are held in a, in a mental prison. Uh, they're not in a, behind bars, but they might as well be because they are useless in the world. They're useless to their family. They're useless to their self because they get introverted into What's happening to me? And they're distracted from their purpose. It's hard to get over the torment of the past and what happened. And the devil tries to get you looking back instead of looking forward. But he has a... Did you ever notice the devil has a limited vocabulary? He has a limited vocabulary. He only says things like, You can't. And God won't. Did you know that Satan is a liar? And when he tells you you can't, you should jump up and rejoice because it means you can. And when he says God won't, it means God will. Stop believing the lies of the devil. And on the mountaintop, we don't. But sometimes when we're in the valley, we'll listen to those voices. And we seem to believe them. He intimidates us. 
He says you can't live for God because you, you, you have a problem. You, you have a habit or an addiction or uh, you, you, you have an alcoholic father or you were abused or, or, or you were hurt by somebody or, or, or you suffered this and that. He tries to tell you you can't do it because of this. Uh, you, you, you can't. You, you can't uh, God won't bless you because you promised to pray and read your Bible and you haven't done it. And he's just constantly the accuser of the brethren. There was a young lady, she was selling raffle tickets at the mall, and she spotted a man coming toward her. He was walking on crutches, he had an arm in a sling, one leg in a cast, and a patch on his eye. And she shouted, Sir, would you like to buy a ticket? You could win $1,000. Without hesitation, he said, Lady, do I look like a lucky man to you? Can I tell you today, circumstances do not make choices for people. You can have all of that going on and say, yes, I'm blessed. I can do all things through Christ. But what happens is we allow circumstances. We allow these things to determine our behavior. It's our thought pattern. It's what you think about yourself that hinders you, not what's going on to you, what's happening to you. You can you can have all kind of things happening to you and still be blessed, be positive, be excited because it's not things that's going around me that's that's causing the problems. It's the stuff going on in me. We say it all the time. It's not the water outside of a boat that sinks the boat. It's the water that gets inside. So it's the things that get in you, in your mind, that the enemy tries to speak to bring you down. But greater is he. Come on. You know, the enemy loves to, he lies to you uh, about God's character. When you're in the valley, uh, when you're on the mountaintop, you believe God is good. You believe God is, even He's faithful. God is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's everything. And we're shouting His praises. But in the valley, when you get low and discouraged and down, amen, you begin to believe things about God that are not true. He begins to lie to the specific lie in the story. Ahab, as enemies, said God can only when on the mountain. You notice that? He's telling the, the, the army, he's telling the king, hey, listen, the reason they beat us is because we were on the mountain. But if we fight them on the plain, if we fight them down low, if we fight them on the valley, God can't win there. I don't know about you, but that's just stupid. Remember, life's hard when you're stupid. But they said God can't win in the valley. Sometimes as Christians, we fall into that lie. We believe that God is good and, and God's with us uh, when we're up, but He's not with us when I, I'm down. Uh, he apparently abandoned me. Apparently, He left me. Apparently, He doesn't know what I'm going through. He deserts me in times of trouble. Uh, I, when we're out of a job, when we're sick, when we're, we're, we're suffering tragedy, somehow God has lost His power. 
and he can't help me anymore. And some people, in their minds, they say God is good sometimes, but not good all the time. But you've got to understand and realize God is good all the time. Come on. Neither does God want Christians or those around them to believe that God is powerless and God doesn't care. Listen, when God hears people saying, Oh, you know, God can do that, but God can't do that. God just gets up and goes, Let me just show you. Oh, when the devil starts lying and saying what God can't do, it just makes God want to do it. Does it is that anybody else? Huh? I know y'all are like that. Somebody tells you you can't do something, you just want to prove them right. Yeah. I like to be proved right. I told the doctor, I said, Doc, when I was there, you know, about the other thing. I said, Doc, how can I convince my wife that she's losing her hearing? He said, Well, I tell you what, when you get home, when you're outside the door, say, What's for dinner? She hears you. Then come in the living room and say, what's for dinner? See if she hears you. Then go in the hall and say, what's for dinner? And then finally go right in the kitchen up to her and say, what's for dinner? He said, I'll try that. that that'll prove to her that she's hard of hearing. So he got home. He got to the front door. He said, I said, what's for dinner? Nothing. I went in the living room. I said, what's for dinner? Nothing. I went in the hall. I said, what's for dinner? Nothing. Finally, I walked right up behind her in the kitchen, and I said, what's for dinner? You know what she said? She said, for the fourth time, spaghetti. <sighs> I'm beginning to think it's me. <laughs> When the enemy says God can't, that just stirs God up and it makes him want to do it even more. Ezekiel chapter 36 says, God says, because your enemy has said these things, prophesy. Oh, there's something about prophesying. See, some of of you have been prophesying. And you need to prophesy. Don't tell me something God said that God didn't say. Come on, tell me what God said. And God said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So when the devil says, I can't, he's just prophesying. But I'm going to begin to prophesy and call those things that are not as though they were. I'm going to begin to declare some things, speak some things. And even when I'm in the valley, I'm going to declare I'm on the mountaintop. I'm not in denial. I'm just speaking by faith. See, because Satan says, you'll never change. You'll never break that habit or addiction. You'll never be healed. You'll never get over this problem. You'll never see your loved ones saved. You'll never never see the youth group explode. You'll never see La Casa del Señor breaking at the seams. We'll never have great revival in the house. He is a 
I love it when he says things that I can't because it just means we can. And it means we are. I've got good news. God is sending a word through the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's not boastful. It's by faith. And we begin to hear the word of the Lord. And we begin to say the word of the Lord. Stop speaking the words the devil's saying. And start speaking God's word. Well, what did God say? Upon this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Can I tell you this morning? The gates of hell cannot prevail against you. It says, in the power of God with weapons of righteousness in his right hand and in his left. He said, I know the plans I have for you. said, the Lord's plans to prosper you, not harm you, to give you hope and a future. I have hope and a future. And he says in Romans, in all these things... Now, he just went through a lot of bad things. I'm not going to read them to you. You have your own bad things. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. Amen? He said, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. This gospel will be preached to every nation. Come on. That's what we need to be prophesying and declaring, not sad news and bad news. And We need to rejoice. Amen? So what do we do? Last one. What do we do when we're in the valley? If I can't avoid the valley, if the valley are unavoidable, if the valley uh, affects everybody, then what do I do when I'm in the valley? Number one, refuse to be discouraged. I refuse. I'm not going to be sad. I'm not going to be down. Yes, there's a lot of things going on in our life. Yes, there's a lot of trouble. Yes, I refuse to be discouraged. When discouragement knocks, just don't answer. Act like discouragement is the Jehovah's Witness. Y'all know y'all don't answer the door. You should, and you should tell them about Jesus. Amen. I'm avoiding people. It's because you're afraid they have more answer than you do. But if you know the truth, huh? Come on, just don't answer the door. David said, yay, Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want you to look at a couple things here this morning. Uh, number one, first, God doesn't panic. Don't panic when you start going into the valley. Don't freak out. My wife tells me that all the time. I, I panic. I freak out about two things. Where's my keys and where's my phone? And, I, and I'll be driving down the road and I go. And she goes, stop freaking out. You see, God doesn't panic, but sometimes the sheep do. Huh? Yeah. I want you to look at something. No, first that God doesn't panic and, and that God says, I walk with you through the valley. I want you to know, David said, yea, though I walk. Here's a, here's a very good situation, something to know. When you are going through tough times, don't run. Don't run. If you run, you're going to wear yourself out. 
you got to make it through the valley. So pace yourself. No, I'm going to come through this. I'm just going to take my time. I'm going I'm I'm to watch where I'm at. I'm not going to stumble or fall. I'm not going to get into doubt, fear, and unbelief. I, I'm in this thing, so I'm going to walk through it. I'm going to learn what I need to learn, and I'm going to come out on the other side. Amen? It, it doesn't say run. It doesn't say shake in your boots. It doesn't say freak out. It says, I take my time. I walk. The second thing is, he says, I will fear no evil. Did you know that fear is a choice? You can choose to fear, or you can choose to walk in faith. You can choose to believe that God is able, or you can believe God's not able. It's up to you. It's up to you whether you panic or not. we got to understand and say, I will overcome this problem with God's help. I'll get out of this hole. I, I, I will come up again. I'm not gonna, this is not going to define me. It's not going to destroy me. We just got to make some adjustments. Did you know the biggest adjustment you need to make in the valley is your attitude? Yeah. Your attitude about the valley. Instead of complaining, why am I here and it's not fair, just begin to say, Lord, what do you want me to learn here? Lord, look at those beautiful flowers. Look at that river. Look at that green grass. You know what? If you did that, the devil would get tired of putting you through the valley. Every time I put them in the valley, they just find all the beautiful things in it. They don't freak out. They don't get scared. They just go, oh, wow, it's gorgeous. And they just stroll. They don't run. They don't panic. They don't freak out. I wonder why. Oh, because God's with them. He's walking right beside them. He never left them. See, one of the biggest adjustments as we go into that problem is, is refusing. I, I, I'm, I refuse. Everybody say, I refuse to be discouraged. You, you can't go around the valley. You can't go under the valley. You just got to go through the valley. So just go through it. Psalms 23.4, God is with you every step of the way. You got to rely on God's presence. Sister Chrissy talked about it this morning. Amy talked about it. His presence. One of them. Both of them, maybe. His presence. He guides me. He leads me. Oh, you look at that app, and, and, and you look at the first part. In the first part of the valley, he's talking about him, God out there. That he, he. But I want you to notice: the further he gets into the valley, it gets personal. You see, religion says he, but relationship, huh? When you're going through the valley, you begin to say you. It's not a he out there somewhere. It's, it's you. It, it, relationship, closeness. Get up close to God. Stop seeing him as somebody far out there. He's a loving, personal, heavenly father. The devil loves to plot against you. He has a plan. But God has a bigger plan. And the enemy said, hey, let's fight them in the valley. God can, he can do it on the mountain, but he can't do it in the valley. But you know how that worked out? They went to fight, and guess what? God showed up in the valley. They won a great victory. Just like you are going to win a great victory in your valley. 
as we begin to prophesy, as we begin to speak the things, as we begin to declare who God is, as we begin to believe and confess the truth and stop believing a lie, stop spreading the lie, and we begin to say, God, you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I ask or think. You see, through your trouble, you may win people to Christ. So you think, i got to be on the mountaintop to win people. It could be in your struggle that you win people. Last story. Pastor J.H. J. H. Cromwell was 16 years old when he was hired on a sailing vessel in the 1800s. He was the only Christian on board. Each day he would go below deck and he would pray aloud talk to the Lord, remind me of Daniel he was very persecuted they threw stuff at him, threw wood at him poured buckets of cold water over him one day they tied him to the mask and gave him 39 lashes they tied a rope around his body and they threw him in the ocean and tried to swim but when he could no longer swim and he knew he was going to drown he shouted send my body to my mother and tell her I gave my life for Jesus Unconscious, they pulled him in, and as he lay there on the deck, conviction hit that ship. Two of the men, before nightfall, gave their life to Christ. And within a week, everyone on board, including the captain, was born again. You see, they made fun, they laughed, they mocked and ridiculed. But sometimes it's in your trial. It's when other people are watching you and he didn't curse them and scream at them and fuss at them. When they saw something different in him, that's what brought them to Christ. It may be your reaction in your valley that brings others to Christ. Amen. Amen. Come join me. The scripture says, For I'm convinced. That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present or future, nor any power, neither height nor depth, or anything else in all creation can be, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you, there's no valley that can separate you from the love of God. Let's take our trials and our conflicts and let's allow the Holy Spirit to resolve them. We serve a good God. So can I tell you this morning? And I'm going to tell you. We practiced this two times. But let me just tell you. The God of the mountain is still God in the valley. Hit that song.
thank you today that you have surrounded us with your love. I thank you, Lord, for those that are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, of fear, of evil, of disappointment, of lack. I thank you no matter what that valley is today, you're with them. Your rod and your staff comfort I pray today that they'll begin to speak the word of God in the valley. They'll begin to declare the mountains coming. They'll begin to declare that God can do anything and God can bring me through anything. And Lord, we're going to just walk. We're not going to panic. We're going to see the beauty. We're going to learn. And we're going to come out victorious. 
I pray today that you just reveal yourself in the valley. Let your people know that you're there and that you love them. I pray, Father, this week that you would walk with us, talk with us. Let us lean on your grace and your strength. Father, there's one person here today that does not know you as their Lord and Savior. If they were to die today, they're not sure where they would spend eternity. They're in a valley of decision. And I pray today that they would make Jesus their choice. If you're here today and that's you or you're watching me online, would you pray this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe. I'm in the valley of sin, discouragement, addiction. I'm deep. But you are my answer. Today, I choose Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I confess I'm a sinner. I repent. I'm sorry for my sins. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. You are my God in my valley. And you will bring me out in Jesus' name. Father, I declare favor and blessing over your people. And I ask, Lord, that you just lift them up and take them through the valley and let them flourish in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Give Jesus a big hand clap.